Great weekend kickstart. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our spaces today. I'm Vivian, host of Web3 Demystified and also a big advocate of Web3. Thank you so much for joining us to discuss such an interesting topic. Well, if you are looking for real adoption beyond financial speculations in the crypto space, you'll see that one of the main driving forces is gaming, right? Because at the end of the day, we are all humans and we can't deny our desires to have fun. And that is why we see a boom in blockchain-based games with around $10 billion in revenue. And NFTs, metaverse, as well as play-to-earn models are disrupting the traditional gaming space. Now the question is, what's next for GameFi? And what challenges facing the space? And what are the solutions? So lucky for us, we have some of the best minds in the industry to shed light on this topic today. Okay, um, now let's welcome Sebastian. Sebastian is connecting. <laughs> Sebastian, co-founder and COO of Sandbox, a decentralized gaming virtual world. I'm sure all of you are very familiar with the uh, with Sandbox. Hi, Sebastian. Sebastian is also president of the Blockchain Game Alliance, a big advocate for NFTs and blockchain in games. Hi, Sebastian. Can you hear us? Hi, Sebastian. Can can you hear us? <laughs> oh, hello. Hello, hello. Yeah. Hi, hello. Hey, hi. Hi, hi. Yes, some an airport was not working. Sorry. Yes, hi everyone. How are you? Oh, that's great. So nice to have you with us today. Yes. You know, definitely. We, we're, we're, we're really looking forward to hear hearing more of your insights. And just for those for the audience who don't who don't know, Sebastian was recently named the number four in the top hundred. 2022 most influential people in crypto by Cointelegraph and also Sandbox has been featured in Time um, Time Magazine's top 100 most influential companies of 2022 so yeah. we're nice to have you Sebastian my pleasure, I hope the connection is okay now uh, it's a pleasure to be here with everyone uh, so many people deserve to be in this top, you know, it's a world of builders and everyone who is still here in the space, they are still contributing to build the project and make uh, the future of Web3 and keep evolving the space. So maybe it's the topic of today's discussion, actually, like how we're going to define the future of GameFi by identifying the bottleneck and solution. So I'm really keen to speak on that topic. Definitely, yes. And I think regardless of the market conditions, I think builders are still going to build and, and that is what we need in the space. And so I think this topic is really timely as well. And, and thank you for all the experts on the panel to shed light on the issues. So now moving on, we also have Ethan, co-founder of Wonder, Wonder Hero, a play-to-earn NFT-based game. Welcome, Ethan. Thank you for joining us. Hi guys, hi Vivi, thanks for having me. Right, I'm really excited to be discussing a lot of subjects 
uh, throughout this um, session. Looking forward. Definitely. As one of the, the builders in the space, yeah, we, we, we would like to hear more of your stories. Uh, welcome. So also Thank skills, you. as we know, is an important part of Game 5. And now we have uh, Nashrula Nash, co-founder of Impact Guild with us today. Welcome, Nash. Hi. Hi, Lee. Good evening, everyone. Um, yeah, we are glad to be able to join uh, this uh, space. And yeah, from Impact Guild, we welcome all of uh, the, the audience. Uh. Um, yeah, again, looking forward to have a fruitful discussion. And yeah, that's all. Thank you, Vivi. Thank you. Thank you, Nash. Now, let's also welcome Hari, gaming analyst from Puzzle Ventures. Hi, Hari. Welcome. Hi, Vivi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Um, I think it's very nice that Vivi has organized this very well-rounded uh, discussion where we have guilds, GameFi protocols, VCs all joining on this panel to discuss insights on GameFi. And yeah, pretty excited. Thank you, Hari. Yes, Hari has been working for Hobby and um, now Puzzle Ventures. So he, he has a lot to offer from the venture capitalist point of view. And I think that is also like, as Hari said, is very well-rounded panel. Thank you, Hari. Now, last but not least, let's welcome Aaron, partner and head of communities from Artverse Network, a Web3 infrastructure based on the Near Protocol. Aaron is also a crypto OG and an influencer in the space. Hi, Aaron. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks, Vivi, for arranging this. And uh, I'm glad to see familiar faces here. Uh, Sebastian, Ethan, uh, uh, Nasru, and uh, uh, some uh, uh, yeah new faces like uh, yeah, Sebastian and Aaron. Okay, so uh, yeah, looking forward to this talk. Thank you, Aaron. So Aaron is based in Dubai, but he's now traveling in Southeast Asia right now. So like really, really experienced in crypto and also like game five is one of them and also from the autopress family we also have gaming analyst chasey with us hi chasey hi everybody. hi everyone yeah i'm very happy to uh, uh talk with this topic i have been uh, did some research like a uh, couple of days like yeah so uh very happy to have further uh talk about it thank you Great, thank you, thank you. So welcome everyone. Now let's kick off our discussions today. As we mentioned earlier, GameFind has become one of the most active spaces in crypto that has really seen some real adoption. So let's go straight to the chase. Um, what do you think is the biggest bottleneck facing uh, GameFind projects nowadays? Let's start from Sebastian. Well, uh, first of all, I'm really pleased to hear that GameFi is getting uh, traction at the moment and bringing on more players, uh, sometimes um, new categories of gamers who are not uh, playing the typical free-to-play games uh, before to, to start playing and enjoying, etc. I think at the very core, uh, we shouldn't forget that GameFi's are, first of all, games. And so the the third aspect is, is still very important of like what will drive people to uh, not just come uh, once and do repeated actions, uh, always the same action, but try to have like diversified gameplay where like the, the, the financial uh, gain that you could make from this kind of uh, decentralized application is the only motive for, motive for them to come in. Uh, so I think that's the number one bottleneck. Uh, like sometimes people who want to enjoy the 
financial gains uh, after they've. Uh, it shouldn't be the first reason only for people to come in. That's how it would, in my opinion, start also to grow more mainstream and to uh, keep. Uh, high metrics in terms of retentions, specifically thinking like just like any other uh, product, uh, just like web services, application, or games, it's still going to be KPI driven at the end of the day. Uh, the second element I believe is uh, potentially the regulation that might come as we're starting to see uh to see like certain region of the world like europe put in place uh, specific regulations such as mika that's been adopted officially on june 30th and that could affect the way that the players can actually earn and cash in uh, and justify uh, uh, the values gain they make and the actors that provide those and other region of the world might follow who i think the us specifically is uh is one uh uh, territory that's proving hard to navigate at the moment by lack of clear guidelines on the topic, uh, while other countries are a little bit more, uh, have already defined clear frameworks around it. And uh, yes, I think like the trust and reputation of the developers uh, building the GameFi, as we're always in the early stage of this industry, uh, it's only new entrants, new actors who are uh, jumping on and providing and building those experiences, attracting new users, uh, which might discourage some users who are looking more for trusted, reputable name and non-anonymous team to run those games so they can put uh, more engagement and potentially more uh, financial uh, assets into the gameplay through their session. That's great. I think there's a lot of information to unpack, but um, and Sebastian's points are really, uh, I, th I think, really on 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 point. Um, like we 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 know that like like we said, right? So like, uh, people the f the first motives to play games are actually to enjoy to have fun. So I think I think this is definitely one of the big uh, bottlenecks that um, Gifa needs to solve. It's not only just to play to earn, but but play and earn probably and also the right regulation so probably we'll come back to the topic later and i think that's such an in interesting aspect as well like um the tax issues and environmental issues and how how this um regulatory compliance gonna fit into the gaming space and and probably we'll come back to um to this point a little bit later um now let's go to aaron um what what do you think aaron from from your um experience of dealing and talking to game fine projects and and what do you think are the biggest uh, bottlenecks oh yeah um hi vivi uh i think um i'll, I'll start with um probably something that's relevant to octopus which is uh actually scalability uh as you can see most of um um the the popular um game protocols on let's say polygon uh or some very busy you know evm compatible chains are uh, experiencing congestion and uh, a lot of that is the result from the high activity from um gamefi apps so um yeah here at octopus we're you know uh 
you know available to solve this issue and uh we think that a dedicated uh, app chain uh, is the way to go um there are other uh, bottlenecks which uh, i believe other speakers will touch on but i think one one of the most um um you know important um for me i think is uh, really uh, to have um how do you say a single platform where i think um um you know gamers and uh, uh guilds and games can can uh, actually onboard users uh, as uh, many of the applications uh, they need to build users from let's say zero so it's like it's not enough to only have a minimum viable product but also to have a minimum viable community i think that that will help a lot uh yeah that's it for me Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, let, let's come back to the topic uh, a little bit later. I think you, you have a really nice point um, as, you know, getting more users on, on board is definitely one of the ways that we need to, uh, if the space needs to, 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 ex to expand and get more mainstream, right? So I, I think you have a really interesting top um, concept of like minimum viable products and, and minimum viable communities. And, 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 and that is really interesting. We would like to hear um, you talk about more a bit later. Let let's hear what the other guests are um, uh, have to say first. So uh, now let's go to Harry. Harry, what do you think from the VC's point of view? Um, I pretty much agree with what Aaron has just mentioned. Um, I think the biggest bottleneck is actually having lack of actual gamers in this space. Um, if we look at the DAU, like within a gaming ecosystem, we don't find quite much. If we look at Sandbox right now, there's about 10k users 10k dau at the moment and then um this number compared to traditional gaming is just too small to sustain and um to those of you who know my background um uh we 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 have we were we are the uh first i wouldn't say first we are one of the biggest uh decentralized exchange in china uh dodo exchange uh, speaking with speaking with the other Dodo's colleagues, we have concluded that um, GameFi's bottleneck resonates with DeFi's bottleneck. The number of uh, users is within the space is just not enough to sustain. To sustain, for instance, um, during 2018, there were only 200 users in the DeFi space, and gratefully, the numbers boomed to approximately 8,000 users. And now we're looking at the downtrend of either DeFi or GameFi. We have come to the same logic, the same result, and we have concluded it's because there's no actual users behind these applications. People don't really need these applications. They don't use it on a daily life. So um, I think it really determines, it really sets the ceiling of, um, of growth. So yeah, let's start with that. Mm. Interesting. I think also um, you're putting putting out a, a phenomenon, right? Like like a, a symptoms here. Not enough users. We need to onboard more users. And then I think it comes back to the point that Sebastian just mentioned as well. Like like the games have to be fun to play, right? In the first place, so that that is why because we have like um, the traditional gaming space have like. A, large population and and uh, uh, gamers but how how do we kind of divert part of it to to blockchain based games right i think that is definitely one of the uh, one 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 of the area that we need to tackle um and now let's hear what the gamers have to say so wonder hero um 
and 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 guild the 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 players in the in the space um ethan would you like to would you like to share your views next yeah yeah absolutely i think you know sebastian aaron and harry touch on a few different subjects right and then um uh, i'll just i want to talk about this a little bit more in depth coming from a games point of view so um, first of all, right, uh, we launched on 26th of January this year. Um, very, very quickly, we grew to 8,000 daily active users without much of a marketing. And we have also proven that the game is fun um, because of our daily active users and the engagement in our community in terms of finding the best NFTs, the best tactics to go and play competitively. Now, here comes the, the complicated part. So GameFi, right, it's made of two words, game and finance. So number one, we got we to gotta know that the game is fun, right? So we have seen recently a lot of game that is of a caliber of a qual- or quality, like a Facebook game kind of caliber uh, launching, right? But so people come into the GameFi space because they want to enjoy playing games. All right, so that's, that's, that's done, right? A game needs to be fun. Now, the complicated part here is the finance part. Now, why do I why do I say that? Because in Web two games, we all of us, no matter in what whatever game it is, um, we will all be a little bit more competitive. We want to do better, right? We want to take a lot of action, spend a little bit more time to level up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, when we talk about finance here, game and finance, this is a little bit tricky because we are supposed to be attracting gamers who enjoy the game and maybe enjoy get some bonus of, of uh, finance, uh, financial incentives over here. So what we discovered, right, um, very recently, we also made an announcement that we, re- we found out that 54% of our users did not spend a single token to upgrade their NFT items, meaning to say they are, um, they, whatever they earn today, they will just dump it today, right? And then you just keep draining out the resources from the game. Now, that, that is not normal game data, right? Because everybody would want to level up and proceed, but more than 50% are doing that. So, so then the other part is we have um, about 25% of our users also very, very passionate and competitive and they are upgrading their items, etc. And so when we talk about game five projects, I think in, in this point of time, um, the bottleneck would then be balancing this game and finance part. And so in my opinion, um, I think later you'll be addressing one of the questions as well is to drive it towards a healthier ecosystem. And Harry mentioned about the lack of players. I want to put, I want to put things into perspective here as well because you know I think it's quite vague and I want to address it too. So when we see like last year, July, all the way to September, we see the huge boom in X Infinity and we see a huge load of players coming into X Infinity and therefore benefiting much earlier players or players who are there for the long haul, right? So there, there are a lot of players coming in, right? And then obviously in terms of new user growth today, as compared to last year, July to September is definitely a lot lesser. So when it comes to Wonder Hero, right, it's the same thing. Our ecosystem, as I mentioned, isn't healthy. And so if we want to scale it up a lot more with a lot more users, let's say 10 times more users, this problem is going to be bigger. Hence, I want to 
emphasize that this this bottleneck over here is to establish a healthy ecosystem, right, for the tokenomics, um, and then we can rescaling. Else, the problem is going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I think I think breaking up game five as games and 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 the five um like basically for games you need to be fun to play like like we mentioned like how to be more fun how to in, improve the content right and and that's obviously a, a a huge challenge um but the other part is the tokenization how to balance it together is definitely um a, a, a tricky part because i think a lot of critics out there um talking about play to earn model and and they are um questioning whether it's sustainable right so i would like to also like uh, dive deeper into that topic a little bit later. Uh, let's hear what, what Nash has to say. Hi, Nash. Would you like to share your views with us? Yep. Yeah, first of all, but um, in terms of the bottleneck of uh, GameFire project, I agree with all of the speakers. But I would like to also add uh, two of my points. Um, first of all, uh, in terms of adoption from uh, Sebastian. Um, yeah, in terms of adoption, there are actually other uh, bottlenecks which is uh, the sentiment from the gaming community from the pc mobile community which is very hostile on the the on nft gaming this is because when you see activision uh, blizzard when they are considering um having nft in their games most uh, i think the, the 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 most recent one is uh, call of duty they are having a lot of backlash from the community. I think that one in, probably is instigated by the bad reputation in terms of rug pull. You see previous projects, uh, I shouldn't name the projects, but the, the project is just like um, you, buy the, you buy the NFT and then the NFT will play for you. And then that's the game. So... I I don't see where's the fun in it, but apparently after that, apparently after that it was being rug pulled, and yeah, of course hacks and the 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 the, uh, the opinion from them from the community sentiment is uh, the NFT games being a Ponzi, which is not, but yeah, the sentiment is very negative right now for the NFT gaming. And then the, on the other hand, in terms of adoption, as well as dealing with the sentiment, there's also a complexity barrier for, for, for normal people to start in, in NFT gaming, which is they have to learn first on the basic knowledge of using MetaMask instead of normal game, which they can download and just play. But both of these issues can be solved uh, with education and awareness. So as long as we are promoting healthy community, healthy tokenomics, I think that can be solved uh, from time to time. On the other hand, um, in terms of uh, tokenomics, I agree also with uh, Ethan. However, there are other side of um, GameFi, which is the longevity of the project. So we can see um, normally for, for a game, it will take about... Uh, about three to four years for an average uh, game to last, and then they will need to find a sequel or uh, 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 a new game 
uh, based on their IP. That is a problem because normal token uh, will have their value reduced as the 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 the, uh, the time goes. So yeah, that's uh, what I think lah. Um, on the bottleneck from for game five projects, but we will discuss about the solutions with together with our uh, uh, a lot of our capable uh, speakers. Yeah, this of all all of this can be uh, solved. All right. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nash. Yes. So this is like a, a even though we're doing a panel, um, I'm moderating. But if uh, any of you guys have any questions or like um, want to echo or ask each other, like. Uh, uh, cross communicating feel free to do so as well um so i think to summarize you know one definitely the um onboarding new users going mainstream right so i think that is one of the biggest bottlenecks and so a, a lot of things would go into that the content tokenomics and um and also the game design it, itself so um okay so let's break it down a little bit um let's come to sebastian first um you know, we know that Sandbox is one of the most profitable cryptos in 2022, um, despite the bear market. So, and also Time Magazine just partnered with Sandbox to create New York's, New York's Times Square. Um, so what do you think you, in terms of Sandbox, what, what do you think you did right to make the game so profitable? And also what's your strategy to onboard mainstream players to join the metaverse? Could you share some um, some tips with us? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I, uh, well, the first thing to take into consideration, I would say, is that, like we don't measure the success of Sandbox based on, on the success of the token price or the token appreciation. We actually measure that success really into the growth of like artists, creators, uh, builders into the ecosystem, the number of landowners, the number of users who engage into the alpha season that we launched last December and in March. In March, we had more than 350,000 players in a month. Uh, now, uh, on an average, we have 30 to 50,000 active users when we run events in Sandbox, even the, keeping in mind that the platform is still not open at all time. So those are definitely metrics that shows that uh, there is demand, there is uh, activity and engagement from first the ecosystem side with artists and builders from all around the world. I'm currently in Korea where there's six studios here already engaged. Uh, there's uh, four in, in Hong Kong, there is six in France, there's 10 in the US, etc. The second is definitely the number of users who engage into our event and season. And more recently as well, the, the prominent partners, top tier partners who enter the sandbox from a, a culture, a music, and entertainment, a gaming standpoint uh, from many regions in the world. Just this week, we announced three major partners in Korea. Week before, like you mentioned, uh, Time, the Times Magazine with Time Square um, uh, that will be launching in, into their, expert, their land. Uh, and several others uh, more to come. And that shows that there is a clear path forward in terms of like what kind of experience are coming, who will build this experience, how fun they will be, and 
uh, how we are shaping the different systems that landowners themselves, which we have more than 21,500, um, will be able to utilize our system to, in, in their own turn, launch experience, monetize them, and engage their own community through that. Um, that's well, then maybe to well, if you can repeat the second part of your question just so I keep on track on the topic oh, no 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 yeah that's pretty, pretty much it like just talking okay. about what the advice that you're going to share I, I think I think you make some really great points and I think all the I, I realized that after talking to a lot of very solid projects really the focus is not on the prices of the token right it's really on the underlying value and the things you do so you mentioned the engagement of users and then also to onboard more partners um, so that you can really have this connection with, with, with mainstream users and bring more people to the space. I think that's a really, really good um, Exactly. Yeah. And I think like, the, the, just think about it, like the basis around like what support the price of the token is basically a simple rule, which is demand versus supply. You need to drive such a massive demand to support uh, a price growth that such demand can only be the effect of like like a fun gameplay and um, various effects that well only a product with healthy KPIs can have just like um, uh, any uh, web startup or, or B2B startup or B2C startup I, I've seen in my life as an entrepreneur, uh, if there's no users, there's no demand for token. So it, it doesn't matter at some point if it's 10, 100,000. We, we need to look more at the 10 of 1,000 or 100 of 1,000. So you need to work focused with your team to build a product that can cater to the 100 of 1,000 of users at the very least. And that is only achievable if you still build a good product. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. It, and at the end of the day, it, it's like the essence of business, right? It's all about a product. It's all about the users. And I think it, it, it brings us to the point that Aaron mentioned earlier, you know, minimal viable products and minimal viable communities. And when it comes, when especially for um for startups and for projects just coming to the space, right? So I, I would like to also ask um, Aaron and Chasey, since um, you, you both work for um, Autopress Network, and which is an infrastructure. Um, and so could you share um, share your views on, on you know, what are the solutions that you, you think can solve the bottlenecks that you share about um, the communities, about scalability? Aaron, would you like to go first and then Chasey? Yeah, sure. Um, well, well, I think uh, first off, um, yeah, the um, you know we we um, I, I play a lot of uh, uh, well games on uh, on Polygon, and I can say that the congestion has been uh, quite um, yeah uh, very very often happens very often. So we don't really have a smooth uh, gameplay, and um, that that is um, um, I, I believe uh, something that you need to yeah um, we we don't have to face. Like for example, of you know, Octopus Network, uh, that's like um, yeah, half of it. The other half of it is really like um, you know, we've seen uh, a lot of bridge hacks, and uh, frankly, we think that you know, um, 
infrastructure should should be left to like infrastructure teams like uh, Octopus, where you know if you spin up a uh, Octopus app chain, then you know it comes with a uh, Octopus uh, bridge as well. You know, um, and uh, application teams uh, should focus on what they do best, which is uh, the, the actual application. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really passionate about the topic of uh, having um, sort of like a decentralized team, so to say, like uh, where you know uh, users, you know, instead of uh, you know, um, you know, re requiring them to uh, sign up for every single game or every single guild to join. Um, there's a single sign up. Um, yeah, I've seen some interesting ideas there, like a gamer passport or like a decentralized guild management system. Um, I think that's really awesome because uh, that can also be used as um, onboarding, not only for GameFi per se, but, you know, like, uh, uh, I believe uh, you can use it for Metaverse, you can use it for, you know, other you know, non um, non game fire applications as well. So yeah, that is it uh, for me, um, Tracy. Yeah, Tracy. Okay. Uh, so um, uh, regarding with the the Aaron said the congestion. So um, like at, at present, uh, there ha there are like three forms of combinations of uh, blockchain games. So uh, the first is that uh, the logic of the game is on the chain. Uh, that is, uh, everything is on the chain. Uh, or like a gaming industry. So uh, the second one is that the token uh, issuance of the game is on the chain. So the third is the light is that it's only the token is recorded on the chain. Um, so basically, uh, the game has nothing to do with the token. For uh, different situations, there are uh, uh, different like choices to use the game. So for the third one, the best is choose a public chain and uh, the transaction uh, frequency is not high uh the public chain itself uh first of all to uh, ensure the security and decentralization and uh, uh also to uh obtain a relatively high uh throughput uh due to the the batch confirmation of transactions uh but it makes it difficult to uh <laughs> like take into account the transaction uh, confirmation delay at the same time so um this layer one cannot be so, uh, resolved. Uh, therefore, if the uh, frequency uh, is not high, as uh, a public chain is used to, uh, is used. So uh, the disadvantages is that, for example, only public chain uh, wallets such as MetaMask can be used. Um, <clears throat> so the near wallet is similar uh, to uh, Web2, and it can be considered if the free, uh, if the liquidity is low. Uh, of course, if the uh, Basically, like an NFT related game, uh, it may be better to like consider uh, uh, Ethereum. Like for the first one, uh, the probability is very low, and uh, it's not the mainstream. So uh, for the second one, uh, Substrate may be a better uh, choice. Uh, at present, uh, uh, the transaction cost of the chain game is a bit high. Uh, the advantages of using Octopus. Uh, as, uh, as the cost is controllable. And uh, the second is that you can uh, customize the, the wallet uh, payment. Uh, even if the near wallet has no money, you can use a, a credit card to pay. Uh, the application scenarios uh, may be as, fo as follows, like uh, buy near with a credit card and put into near wallet. And then uh, the coins in the near wallet will automatically cross chain uh, to the application chain wallet. Uh, so the, the third one, the third is that if you need like random numbers uh, on the chain, uh, the public chain cannot provide it, but Substrate uh, does. So um, 
uh like solana solana use uh like uh uh war uh wormhole uh, to connect with ethereum like hackers recently uh, stole a lot of money um and uh like ethereum uh, relies on uh, decentralized uh, companies like aws to uh store keys and uh, manage account well uh solana relies on solutions like Taurus that uh, leverage Facebook's or uh, Google accounts to provide access to the uh, the platform, which uh, like unfortunately uh, under uh, undermine the decentralized spheres of uh, blockchain technology. So um, cool. Avalanche, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, Octopus is an uh, Octopus network is an uh, uh, encrypted network for uh, starting and running like Web three application chain. Uh, the concept of independent chain uh, has appeared many years ago. So, uh, for example, various modification uh, chain based on Ethereum storage code uh, belong to the uh, category of uh, independent chain. Uh, the, man- uh, the benchmark of uh, a chain game like uh, Axie Infinity's uh, Ronin uh, belongs mm-hmm. to the set chain of Ethereum and is also an independent chain. So, okay. Uh, yes, yeah. Chase, thank you. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I think... Um, in terms of infrastructure to solve the congestion and also yeah. like like Sebastian and Aaron and Harry, like they all mentioned earlier, if we can find a way to onboard more users, for example, like a lot of the gamers out there from traditional games, they don't have Meta, MetaMask, right? They don't have a wallet. So if there's yeah. a way could connect, the credit card could connect something that just um, let more mainstream users um, could come into the space more easily and more smoothly that's definitely a big plus and i think that also has a lot to do with um the topic sebastian mentioned earlier the um regulatory compliance you know like so i think that is really all very interesting aspects that uh, we could look into um but but now let's hear what um ethan and ash um think about you know in terms of the, the problems you mentioned like for example um, Ethan, for Wonder Hero, uh, what are the, what are you doing to solve those bottlenecks issues that you're facing? Oh, okay, right, good question. Um, yeah, so over the past few, um, a couple of months, we've been speaking to lots of um, VCs, our incubators, um, Mechanism Capital, Build a DAO, YGG, right, about their opinions, about the game by trends, the direction, right, so Previously, I think we can officially call it, you know, play to earn. But I think now, if you look at everybody's market cap, you look at everybody's uh, uh, coin trends, it's pretty much on the downward trend, right? So um, 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 I think we are all moving towards a play and earn kind of uh, um, space. Uh, but for one hero specifically, um, we will, we um, one of our key solutions is to, um, switch everybody's mindset to to become a competitive um, player, right? So we're switching from play to earn where everybody is farming over here in the game, be it in PvE or PvP, and then we're switching everybody to PvP. And if they're, if they're not so keen to be on a competitive um, space, then they would likely be less active in the game. And then those who are contributing a little bit more um, and more passionate about the game and they are contrib- they are basically a lot more competitive, then they will get to see their share of the financial incentives. 
And this way, you know, the, the ecosystem will be more healthier, right? And the word of mouth spreading is to attract a lot more competitive players coming into the game where everybody will be coming in to compete. They'll be upgrading their items, etc. And then we can add more, a lot more utility to the token. This is what we feel is going to be a healthier ecosystem moving forward as compared to scaling our number of farming users, right? Because that, that is so tough. Right, so that's number one. Number two is also um, uh, we did a trial test with on the GVG site, right? Speaking of competitiveness, we did a GVG trial test, which is Guild versus Guild last week. And it was a major success between two of our uh, most active guilds. And due to this competition, we see a lot more um, um, activeness and competitive, like... Uh, um, aggressive like NFT tactics in um, these two guilds um, scholars, right? So moving forward, we're also going to scale it up a little bit more, right? To involve a lot more guilds to get into the competitive space. And then from there, we'll evaluate from, from data to see if our, if our hypothesis is correct. And if it is, then from there, we can actually go a lot more on scaling because we have checked the first tick on our on our checklist, which is a healthier ecosystem. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, Ethan. Nash, um, in terms of from from the guild's um, perspective, um, what do you think are the solutions to solve the bottleneck issues? So so from the guild's perspective, um, in terms of uh, longevity, I like actually what um, XC has been doing. Actually, uh, when when their V two when their V two model uh game is unsustainable, they actually move towards V three. So when they when they have V three, they renew the interest of the players, they renew the the uh utility of the token, and then yeah, basically to the point that uh when I say the one of the bottleneck is longevity. A coin must be able to be uh, sustained across uh, games, and they need to do a a, a, pre- a sequel. And uh, I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's very lively. You are a young player at home. Working from home. Yeah. Okay, and then next. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, Vivian. Uh, can you move okay, on I'll to other listeners? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll come back to you. Okay. 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 You can. You can. I will come back to you, Nash. You can mute. You can mute for now. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, it happens. Um, especially when we are all like working from home these days, and so. Um. Okay. So. Um. We'll we'll come back to Nash a little bit later. Um. So for now, like I I think another interesting because we this we have so many um interesting points that we want to touch base but we only have another 10 minutes left um so let's go to the next um talking point that we, we mentioned earlier i think tokenomics um a lot of you know i think i think we a lot of uh, the speaker touch upon that that point you know how do we incentivize people better and also like play to earn or play and earn you know um so what I just want to hear um, your insight on what do you think, um, 
how to build a healthy and incentivized game farm economic model. And also, um, as we've seen the the evidence of the dual token model. So um, if, if you're familiar with it, what do you think are the advantages and disadvantages of that? Um, would you like to just open your mic and, and share? Let, let's go with Sebastian first. I, I think one important thing is like to really stop breaking the linearity and repetitiveness of um, the, the traditional play and earn game where it's mostly always repeating constantly the same call loop uh, that will drive like earning of tokens. We we need to go beyond that, and and I think like having taking example of like games in free to play, having the possibility to create various roles, various jobs, uh, meaning like will uh, drive. Uh, users to choose uh, what kind of activities they want to do to collect different kind of resources that can serve the gameplay and trade among each other is uh, potentially uh, better than uh, what we've seen so far in the first phase of uh, play to earn games. Meaning like, yes, you can be a breeder, you can be a farmer, you can be maybe a fighter, but maybe other robots as well. Uh, uh, that gets rewarded, for example, um, into the curation of content, to the coaching, into the organization of contests, of competition, etc., uh, or leagues, or uh, into the management of the kid itself, which, should, in my opinion, should be gamified um, too. I, uh, I haven't. I think it's still early on to confirm, like the dual token model is. Uh, working effectively. I think the intention to separate the utility token that you consume for uh, the, the, the service, the game itself, and the governance token is important uh, and is uh, uh, positive because that means that you no longer have to sacrifice between like upgrading game or being involved into uh, the governance of the game. But in a way, it's also separating the roles and um, meaning like people who govern the game are not no longer necessarily people who are actively playing the game. So that's the uh, main issue I'm seeing. The second issue I'm seeing is like what sort of governance you get really uh, into those gameplay. Like how are you actively impacting the economy of the game, deciding the... the, the uh, for example, the the supply of the currency every day to what players, etc. And why is it important to do so? It's still something so early on to, to measure. And it's very different role from being a gamer, from being like really an economist and starting to manage those, those as like almost like real world currencies. Interesting. I think really no. I think no. Vivian, you are mute. 
Oh, hello. Hello. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was not sure it was me. <laughs> oh, okay. I I think I was um yeah, sorry. Um I think I forgot to to turn turn on the mic probably. Um okay. Thank you. Thank you Sebastian. Um so Ethan you mentioned that um game five right so you 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 break you break you broke down the, the term earlier and i think like sebastian said um i think when we look at the, the our users we need to know um who are here to to play games for fun who are here to to make money and we need to know who they are what they like and know their incentives so that we can make a tricky balance of it and so um just wondering what what you what you think about the tokenomics and and how to create a more healthy and um healthy economic model um for 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 blockchain based games Ethan okay right i mean this this question is a very difficult question right because i think almost every other game out there is trying to solve the same He's yeah. trying to get the answer. Everyone is trying to figuring out. It's actually it is like like Sebastian said. It's early stage, and yeah. So let mm. let's just um let's just explore like right. So we we can explore some throwing some ideas, and later we can mm. also hear what what Harry and Nash and and Aaron Tracy and everyone um also like stands on this point. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Right. So, um. Right. So like again, we launched on twenty sixth of January with ten of the major guilds, including what GGC, Guild Five, PGG, and a lot more. Um. Right. And then after that, we scaled it up to sixty guilds. Um. Uh, we also have our own guild management system, which also was the first to be launched in the world. Um. So what we saw, especially we're going down, going with the bear market, basically. Right. We saw. That um, um, those guilds in particular that are more competitive, um, they are having a lot of um, a much better and and livelier community as compared to um, those that are purely made of, of farming um, users, right, uh, or scholars. So, what I want to drive at, right, is for most games, I think finding the right users, you know, be it small amount of users is fine, but finding the right users is great, right? So for us, what we learned is there are a few different guilds out there, but particularly the two major groups of guilds will most likely be the play-to-earn guilds or the play-and-earn guilds, right? So surprisingly, guilds like Merit Circle, Guild Fi, you know, they don't really bother too much about... um um the the guilds um um returns in the short term they they are in in it in the game fire industry as well in, as as the game for the long haul and then they want to incentivize their players a lot more to enjoy playing the game right and also teaching a few values about time management or nft management you know so that they can use it you know for their jobs in future etc etc Right, so we see that this kind of guilds can actually thrive a lot more. In fact, their community grew in size as well as compared to other play-to-earn games. So my answer directly is finding the right players. So in our case, we are looking for all competitive players. And with that pool of competitive players, that the word of mouth will spread together with a healthier ecosystem. Then we can actually talk about you know scaling and doing more larger size tournaments 
um, and adding a lot more utilities using you know both our tokens WNT and HON token. And from there, we can actually see how the game can go towards that four-year cycle, right? So um, finding the right players is very important. And then um, having a good roadmap, listening to the community's feedback is also very important because they are the right players for you, right? You have established that. And then from then, I think the community and the game can move along and pivot together as well, yeah. Thank you, Ethan. I think that's really great, a great point. And uh, Nash, are you back? Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Would you like to share um, just some of your insights on um, on tokenomics, how to make a balance, and then also, um, Ethan, also touch your point, um, Guild. I know that you've been, um, you have a lot of experience in terms of managing scholars and in various game five projects and helping them gain more sustainability and and competitiveness um, of the guild so uh, would you like to share um, some of your insights from your experience and and just explore yep so from my point of view actually uh in terms of tokenomics if a project would like i mean if a project would like to start and taking over lesson learned from previous projects that has uh, done this game file. Uh, first of all, uh, I think we need to lower down our, our cost of entry. What I mean is that previous game will have a team probably 1,000 US dollar as a starter, um, even XC $1,200 as a starter. That was back, um, I think, one year ago. And some of the games are the games like 700 USD and whatnot. So when we actually put so much value in our NFTs, the mentality from, from our players is actually they wanted to recoup back their investment. In such a way, from day one, we have made uh, a statement that, they, that the players wanted to recoup all of the investment that makes the token of, uh, of the game goes downward spiral. So it will continue to go uh, down until they have achieved their capital. So from my perspective, if we can somehow make our NFTs um, actually, uh, I, well, I mean, it's, uh, can, be, uh, can be achievable uh, at, at minimum cost so that the users can focus more on the token. So the token is our main main uh, attention right now, not the NFTs. And the token after uh, will be the store of value. Again, another thing is that um, games should actually adopt what uh, free-to-play or even MMOs uh, style of um, tokenomics. Actually, if we realize we can actually use season pass, battle pass that has been done throughout all of the games to, to, to sustain the games. Also, um, yeah, touching on the dual token um, system, I believe that's uh, most of the game will do that. And the, the benefit is that we, we do not uh, need to sacrifice our uh, governance token uh, in order for uh, to be to be used in the game, so one of the uh, another 
improvement that we can do for this dual token is that to be able to have in-app purchase same as the Web2 game and then connect it with our LP. So by doing that, we can actually pad the token to a certain uh, values in such a way it's predictable to the gamers. In current uh, condition, gamers do not know specifically how much they need to spend to be able to achieve certain level. This is because of the fluctuation of tokens. Compared to Web2 games, they know, they know specifically what's the value. So if we can do uh, um, somehow in-app purchase and combine it with our, our LP of the token, it will be good to pack the token. It will be good also to have stability. Yeah, uh, in terms of the guild management, <laughs> sorry. Um, um, sorry, like, I, I know you're making a which is kind of running uh, a little bit out of time. And so I would like to, um, I would like to uh, um, have a kind of a last question, like very short takeaway from each speaker before we close the service for the Q&A. Um, so just give, give us a takeaway from today um, about the topic the outlook for game fight in 2020. We're not even talking about this year, we're talking about this year. Um, what do you see will be the new trends for game fight this year, the outlook? Sebastian, are you still there? Could you answer this question before you leave? I know that you're super busy. Well, what, what is the question? Uh, the outlook for game fight in 2022. Just a brief takeaway. You know, I think in in a in a certain way, uh, and I think being in blockchain gaming, uh, one of the pioneers in blockchain gaming and the president of the Blockchain Game Alliance, we're also in a counter cyclic phase, meaning that when markets are down, builders are uh, creating game, and people who actually need to like compensate the loss of revenue because like the outside. Uh, there is an economic downturn that goes beyond crypto everywhere in the world. There is inflation everywhere in the world, like stocks and many other issues are uh, actually uh, uh, on, on the decline. They are looking at alternative ways to earn revenue and gaming is not only an escape in terms of entertainment. Gaming is actually the cheapest way for people to escape their reality uh, from uh, from the hardness of reality, you can have this like short and sweet moment, uh, most of the time free and accessible to enjoy and, and change their mind versus like the um, whereas other form of entertainment traveling is no longer uh, possible, uh, and other form of entertainment might become more expensive. So we've seen that in the past, gaming will keep rising, and I think like the uh, the financial gain that come more specifically into GameFi as long as the uh, underlying principle we discuss uh, all together on this call uh, are respected uh, should confirm like a, a, a growth trajectory uh, in terms of like organic demand for this kind of gameplay. That's very interesting. I think I think as we look at the um, the bigger picture of the bigger economy, you know, like we talk, we we seen a lot of talks about going people the worries about getting into recession, and everything that brings 
you know, really reminds me when you talk about gaming is one of the getaway for people. It's like entertainment, right? So when it's reception, people want to escape from reality. And then, and I think that's a really good point. And um, gaming is, is definitely one of the place for people to be. And then for game five, you can escape and make some money out of it. I think that is a really good incentive to onboard more users to the space. And thank you, Sebastian. Um, Aaron, would you like to go next? Uh, yeah, I, I um, I'm um, absolutely uh, optimistic that um, this year will be uh, um, a very important year for GameFi, uh, simply because of what we're doing here. We're holding a very useful discussion, and uh, you know, we, we it's um, it's good because you know all the noise is drowned out. You know, we have a serious people talking about you know, um, yeah, the, the the many you know different issues in GameFi, and I believe through dialogue we'll be able to find a solution uh, and uh, probably a better approach um to this entire thing and uh, definitely you know it's uh you know however win long winter lasts which is one or two years I, I definitely feel that you know we'll be able to uh polish the entire model you know and uh, and there's no denying that you know it's a very powerful um you know um you know application of uh, tokenization uh the um, you know um I believe some games have a very good retention rate, uh, even though you know the incentive part is mostly gone. Um, but I, I do feel like there there are parts where you know we have to look at the perspective of the gamers. Uh, for example, I think I think uh, one comment about the two token model is uh, really um, if my son is playing Roblox and um, he's earning you know. Uh, let's say you know some tokens then uh, I, I think he can be you know uh, relatively confident that um you know a certain thing will cost a certain price you know so this uh this idea of a price stability that uh, i think uh, probably can be incorporated in games meaning that you know if uh if a, a gamer you know were to spend let's say two hours then um you know they, they will get you know let's say a mystery box or something like that uh it may be a very low value mystery box but um yeah that that would uh, be able to how to say uh to ensure that you know the the user is uh you know motivated to continue to you know try to earn uh, the, the next uh reward you know or at least you know um yeah it's at least it's like you know when the token price is like goes down by 95 percent you know um you know i don't have to work like you know 20 times more uh to, to earn the same thing so um yeah yeah this uh the the point is i think uh we're super super early uh, and uh, i believe uh, together we can uh, uh find a solution thank you yeah, that's the same. There's a lot of room to grow. Like if you look at traditional gaming, it's um, the revenue is one hundred fifty over one hundred fifty billion um, dollars. Uh, blockchain based games is only ten billion. So, so if you talk, it's less than ten percent. Um, so if we're talking about uh, in plus incentives, and if we can improve content for the game, and and definitely there's a lot of room to grow. Thank you, Aaron. Um, uh, Ethan, Ethan, will you want, let's go. Um... So, uh, we have lost Vivi again uh, in terms of connection. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. So... But, but unfortunately, I, I'll have to leave myself as well. So I wanted to say thank you, everyone, for participating in this conversation. Um, keep it running uh, for as long as other speakers are interested. Uh, 
I appreciate that Innocence to speak on the topic and learn a lot as well from other actors in the space, Octopus Network, uh, Gelson, and the, from the Near Protocol team. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a good evening, day, uh, or morning, wherever you are in the world. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? I think I, I have some connection issues. Can you yeah, hear me? Now, now, we, now we can hear you. So, yeah, can you repeat your question again? So I, I believe it's the same question, uh, Ethan. Uh, what, what was your um, take on the outlook for 2022? Mm, yeah, I I I will want to change the I want to change that narrative a yes, little Nash. bit more. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, Hi, Nash. yeah, I can hear you now. Would you like to share? Uh, it's Ethan's Ethan's turn. Ethan's turn. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to change the narrative a little bit more. In my opinion, due to the market trends, I don't foresee much changes in 2022. But I do see huge, impactful changes in 2023, especially with, you know, AAA games coming in. I think they're going to set, um, they're going to set the trends moving forward. And I think recent, recently we saw news as well with, um, we saw. Uh, hold on, uh, we saw that uh, a platform, a Japan's gaming blockchain builder, Oasis, raised 20 million in private sale um, just recently, and they got connections with um, a lot of big name players like Namco, um, etc., uh, which is uh, some sort of Sega, right? So I think the 2023 trends will be set forth by this AAA studios, and I think it's going to be a lot more exciting until then. I think um, we can just uh, um, uh, weed it out and also, you know, tight through this um, bear market. All right, awesome. Uh, thanks, Ethan. Uh, and Asura, your turn. Yep. For I think uh, this one probably is last question, right, Vivian? Yeah, so, sure. so um, in my perspective as Guild, uh, from from Impact Guild, or Guild in general, the outlook for this year and next year will probably, we will continue to support uh, GameFi projects that we are in. We, are, we will continue to um, make sure that, uh, our scholars can have their time uh, actually valuable and then be, be uh, paid. And then we are trying to be competitive in all of the games that we are uh, joining. And also, last but not least, we will continue to grind, 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 and grind uh, to ensure that we'll have a strong uh, pace when the bull run comes in. Yep. Over to you, Vivi. Thank you. Thank you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Thank you so much for all the brilliant insights.
can you hear me? I'm, I'm not sure that I, I think I have some um, connecting problems. And I think it's time we open up the door for Q&A. And uh, we have another 10 minutes for Q&A. So like this time we, we lost in um, 10.30 um, our time here, which is another um, 15 minutes. Okay. Um, if you have questions, raise your hands and then provide up to the speaker and the speaker and share insights and ask questions. Right, if you guys uh, can't hear Vivi, so uh, right now we'll just open up the floor for uh, Q and A. Uh, we are, we will have uh, about ten minutes of uh, Q and A. Whoever wants to um, come up to ask uh, the speakers here, uh, please raise up your hand or or you can request it. Oh, I see a request here. Just a moment. Hey guys, like um, yeah. So if um, any of you have uh, any question for any of us, you can raise your hand, and then our host Kelson will then let you in to raise a question. Raise a question. Okay, Dan is here. You you have a question for the floor? Do you have a question? Yeah. Yes, yes, I do have a question. Yes, yes, so, uh, hi everyone. I'm uh, Danny, Sean Daniel, the CEO of Myriad Social. Uh, this is a very interesting conversation we've had. Uh, so, basically, I've, I've been a gamer for like since I was seven years old, and my wife is also a gamer, but a different one. She, uh, she's, uh, she was for a very long time very big on. Uh, mobile gaming, like Clash of Clan and all these, uh, all these clones, all these very, very social games. And um, this, I, I see, um, I see a couple of problems that are uh, that the current uh, generation of gamers are, are facing. Uh, currently, I, I have absolutely no way to um, legally and uh, maybe for profit uh, transfer. Uh, a game I won't play anymore uh, to someone. So there is uh, basically no secondhand uh, game market anymore. Uh, another thing is uh, on many, many games, it's uh, completely forbidden, forbidden trade uh, accounts. So if you spend, uh, I don't know, a year uh, playing three hours a day, the same game, and you attain uh, a very high account, a very high rank, rank uh, for your account. Uh, you you cannot monetize it. Uh, you cannot recoup uh, financially the time you spent uh, playing. Um, and uh, and and you can't contribute to to the game economy. So um, um, uh, one of the speakers and I, I forgot his name and this uh, uh, it's too bad because it's. Uh, Probably, I think a fellow French, let's <laughs> uh, say something about having different kind of jobs and, and contribute to the game in, in different kind of currency. That's that's one of, of the things. But uh, there's also for many games a huge community of creators that can, uh, you know, mod the game or provide assets and uh, in in exchange for maybe nothing, maybe tips. And uh, so my question is. Uh, to, to, to any speakers, like, uh, is, there, is there an impossibility that, that the GameFi uh, will, will focus, uh, let's say, a little, more, a little more on the game, uh, a little less on the Fi, 
and and provide answers to to those uh, specific problems which which are faced by by most of uh, most of current gamers. Outside of us, right? So I think um, this year, right? So our incubators, Pokestarter, has another game project, which is uh, Big Time Studios. They are fully focused game. Um, that you haven't even launched their token, and they're very focused on um, the gameplay and the funness of the game, which is a good direction, right? So um, I think you know they being one of the first few triple A game studios with this um, with this approach is also going to set forth the coming trends with the other games as well right so I think the focus on gameplay is going to be emphasized a lot more um, and less on the fire as well yeah I hope um, I answer your question, Danny, and then um, we can move on to the next question. Well, thank you, thank you. I, I won't take your time for too long. We're uh, we're already uh, pressed for time. Oh, uh, actually, Danny, um, I, I forgot to mention to everyone, uh, but uh, Mira is running a airdrop for this event and uh, using their uh, Mira platform. So would you like to explain a little bit of how the participants in this uh, Twitter space can... Uh, um, you know, on board to Myriad and claim their airdrop. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, so uh, all you have to do is to go uh, to uh, app.myriad.social. Um, you sign in with your uh, Polkadot wallet and you post a, you post a question, right, uh, with, the, uh, with the hashtag uh, Octopus AMA and... Um, you will uh, you will get an airdrop depending on your uh, depending on your question uh, uh, in the shape of Maria tokens. Okay, and I understand that um, other projects will be also be able to use uh, your platform to to run um, airdrops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is something we uh, we intend on doing. So basically, uh, Marriott Social has this this function where you can tip post, and you can also use hashtags. These hashtags you can you can collect them in uh, custom timelines we call experiences. So as a project, uh, if you want to onboard, just uh, just sign in, create your experience, uh, add your hashtag, and next time you do an AMA, just uh, following the hashtag, you can you can filter. And you can airdrop the questions uh, directly with uh, with the, the available tokens. We're actually uh, starting to onboard more tokens than just uh, Miria and um, and Polkadot and Kusama. Uh, we we are uh, onboarding tokens from other chains and, and and soon maybe tokens from your project. <laughs> Sorry, <Okay>. shameless self plug. <laughs> uh, well, well, yeah, and uh, and thank you for sponsoring. Uh, the airdrop for for this event uh so i believe there'll be mirror tokens um available and uh we, we hope to see some instruction on your twitter and also um yeah um yeah i uh would this offer be extended to other projects that may want to do a may or use uh, mirror in line with twitter spaces because there's obvious uh 
you know, um, yeah, limitation on uh, Twitter space where, you know, we cannot, you know, for example, have a space to write anything or, you know, uh, yeah, um, you know, uh, have a, you know, way to basically execute like an airdrop easily. Yeah, would this be open to other projects as well? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good system. It, it falls uh, directly within the scope of, of AMAs. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, is there any other question from um, the audience? Uh, Kilson is uh, having a bit, bit of an issue with the mic, so you know I'll just take over as MC for now. Uh, Irina? <laughs> Hi, Irina. I can see you there. Okay. Um, okay. I'm just uh, asking Kelson whether anyone has uh, asked any questions. Okay, if not, then uh, I guess we'll conclude the session. I'd like to thank our guests here, um, uh, Ethan, uh, Nasru, uh, Tracy, and then of course, uh, Sebastian and uh, our friend at 7X Ventures. Uh, thank you very much for joining. I believe um, this will be uh, a series of uh, Twitter spaces, actually, uh, on uh, various uh, topics that's uh, pertinent to our space, uh, hosted by Vivi. And uh, we look forward to having you for the next uh, session. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. All right. Take care. Goodbye. The recording will be available, yeah, made available after the event. Yeah. So I'll see you guys next time. Cheers. Thank you.